Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Buckeyes are in the playoff. Buckeye Talk edition, dropping this probably Monday morning, maybe a little bit Sunday night. Doug Lamarise, Nathan Baird, and Stephen Means officially revealed on Sunday afternoon, to no surprise, that Ohio State is the number four seed in the playoff. You guys know that. They're playing Georgia in Atlanta. You guys know that. Um, Nathan Baird, when you were watching the reveal, did you have any, like, hmm, like TCU pops up at number three? So we know TCU's in. Did you have any, like, I wonder if the committee could possibly put in Bama? Or were you like, no, it's Ohio State? No. I, I thought the one team that might get jobs would be TCU if the committee wanted to mess around with that. Um, but even that I thought was unlikely. I even wrote a post for the site on uh, Saturday as all this stuff was going down. Um, where people, there, you know, I know there was some SEC thought out there and certainly Nick Saban was trying to do his sell job on ESPN live <laughs> during the game last night or Saturday night, but it just wasn't there. The, it, it, Alabama didn't have the wins. They don't have, I mean, the quality of wins. There's, there's not much there. So we create this world, Stephen, same for you. Like, of course, Ohio state slam dunk. Did you wake up Sunday morning? Like this is locked in. Yeah. I felt that way after Friday's game. And the only way I thought they wouldn't be number four is if TCU got blown off the field in the moment that game was competitive. I'm like, okay, we know who the top four teams are. They haven't put a two-loss team in yet, and I doubt they would start this year. Okay, so we are in this world where they are now going into the belly of the beast. Do you guys know how far it is from the University of Georgia to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia? An hour and Not 12 far. minutes. Oh, that's right. Did you know off the top of your head or you looked it up? Mm, I looked it up. Yeah, okay. What so it's seven hours. You, looked looked it it up. Up. you <laughs> knew it down to the minute, like one hour 12? Yeah, I definitely looked it up. Yeah, I looked it up yesterday because I was just wondering how crazy it was. But yeah, I looked it up. So this is a backyard thing. Is this, uh, Nathan, is this a, a an unbelievable test? That Ohio State has to basically go play a road game 
in SEC country. Listen, they they beat Bama in SEC country, and we're going to wind up, I think, on this podcast. Listen, people, we have three and a half weeks to talk about football. The three of us are going to be uh, in Atlanta for this game. The first uh, the teams will arrive on December 26th. We will begin interviews on December 27th. We'll have offense, defense, and then defense, offense on the 27th and 28th. There's a media day on the 29th. The 30th, the coaches talk, and the game is on the 31st. That's the schedule. We will all be there. There is a ton of football to do, Nathan. So I think what we're trying to do here is sort of like the reaction that we got. We talked to Ryan Day for about half an hour in a news conference on Sunday afternoon. We want to do a little bit like a motion on this. So part of the emotion is like, all right, good luck. You're you're going down there to play them in their place. I don't know how different that is than playing Bama in New Orleans. I mean, obviously it's it's closer, but it's it's an SEC team in SEC country. How does that factor into this game? Do you think, Nathan? I think it's got to factor at least a little bit in theory. But I also think, as we were discussing, and you maybe want to expound on this more. It was more your idea, having covered this team for longer, but just how much it might actually benefit Ohio State to get away and play in a, out in uh, Georgia's backyard and be I mean they they're the underdog here no matter where this game is played they would be the underdog so w- almost just em- fully embrace the underdog status that you sort of put yourself in by getting beat the way you did in that in that game against Michigan and let the location of this game play into that a little bit. Ryan Day has used every scrap of possible motivation in other instances, kind of, you know, manufactured things sometimes to make his team uh, seem like the underdog or believe it's the underdog even when it's not. But here he doesn't have to. And I think you can embrace that and lean into it a a little bit. And as you said, I mean, Ohio State has won, you know, they also beat Clemson in um, not an SEC team, but beat Clemson in the South in New Orleans. Like, I don't know if that makes a difference, but it's they've they've done it before, and it's not going to be a pure home game. Obviously, it's not like you're playing in Georgia Stadium with Georgia selling all the tickets. It's a different environment, so I think it it makes some difference. It almost makes a difference, I think, in a positive way for Georgia more in a negative way for Ohio State. So obviously, I mean, again, like the the, the locality, right? I mean, you're close, but yeah. yes, the ticket distribution is each team gets a certain amount. You know, the bowl gets a certain amount to give to all the hoity-toities. And so, like, that idea, Ohio State always travels well. It's about an eight-hour drive from Columbus. It certainly is an easier trip for Ohio State fans than it would be, you know, to California, that kind of thing. Um, but the thing that I said, uh, uh, Stephen, when we were talking about this this afternoon is, you, people know what I feel, how I have said over the years about Ohio State's home field advantage in Ohio Stadium, that I, I don't think it is great compared to a lot of other places. And I do think that Ohio Stadium, when Ohio State get da- gets down, can be a place that can feel tight. That I don't know that the fans in that stadium, when Ohio State gets behind, I'm not sure they're in a let's let's go boys, let's rally the troops kind of mode as much as they get in like, a, oh my God, I can't believe this kind of mode. So Stephen, I said, I think at times Ohio State as a team is better off feeding off the hate on the road than they are feeding off the love at home because a little bit the structure of the stadium it's not like wisconsin it's not like iowa um it's not quite as cavernous as penn state that can feel like a gladiator pit you know michigan stadium you go down into that that can feel more like a pit but also just sort of like the vibe sometimes steven I, i i could see them thriving on the like it's just us against everybody in the state of georgia kind of thing do you think that will be 
a tough thing to play Georgia in Georgia, or do you think Ohio State would in some way feed off that? No, the the Ohio against the world concept has been a thing pretty much for my entire existence on this planet, so much that there's clothing with it at this point. That's such a thing that, especially when you get in these environments, Ohio State can really live. And not so much the underdogs part of it, but just that, you know, the Ohio against the world thing is some, it's, it's often been applied to SEC programs. It's typically the world we're talking about, whether it was, you know, Bama or LSU, and now Georgia's the new team in town where it's, you're going against the South and it's basically your program against everybody else. And so I, I do, do think Ohio State likes to use that and they just get to use that to its furthest extent this year because they genuinely are the underdogs. And so, yeah, Ohio Stadium has its, for all the perks it has, the way the crowd reacts to the game isn't one of them as it would be in for say, you know, Penn state or Wisconsin, or I've never been to Iowa, but I would assume that I was like that as well. All right. So I do think this is at play. And I had mentioned this to the textures and Nathan, part of this is, again, we want to talk about what we got from Ryan day on Sunday. And it was our first opportunity to speak with Ryan day since the immediate aftermath of Ohio state's loss to Michigan. And I certainly think Ryan Day conveyed that this, he said it was awful. I think that was a word that he used like this, this week for this team, or maybe it was just like the aftermath or immediately afterward or what, you know, we're just trying to get a sense of that because two things are happening at once. One is we have not spoken to anyone with the Ohio state program in the days after this Michigan loss, when there was a lot of consternation within the fan base And now, by the way, hey, you're in the playoff. So it is the opposite ends of the spectrum, obviously, Nathan, but we had not gotten a real vibe on either of those. I certainly felt like Brian Day conveyed just how stark and opposite those two feelings were. And I I think it's fair to say that this program, these people, these players, these coaches were really down in in the days after the loss to Michigan until they got back to the practice field on Wednesday and Thursday and started practicing for the playoff. But Nathan, what was the vibe you got about how tough this was for Ohio State to lose to Michigan? No, I thought he conveyed it, like you said, pretty well. Uh, he didn't let us behind the curtain too much on like specific details. And there was even a point where he was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go into detail, um, which I took to mean, listen, he's trying to say, um, I ignore this stuff. I, I don't pay attention. I shut my phone off. But there's like four or five other people in his house that probably don't. So all these guys, I think, hear the, the negative that was out there after a, a loss like that. And it probably trickles to them. But also, I mean, think about they thought, you know, they're they're in they're number two in the ranking. And uh, some people thinking that this might be the national champion. And then you lose emphatically at home. You went and hired Jim Knowles to come in and fix the defense, and you end up losing the Michigan game, which was a big impetus for hiring him in the first place in very similar ways. <laughs> you could just go down the list of the checklist of like things that were set up and and plans that were made and all of it just falling apart in one day. And I imagine that takes a, a couple days to get over. It's I call it a gut punch and something that I wrote the other day. Like it's it I think it shakes you a little bit. And I think it is healthy, though, that at some point that week, they snapped out of it a little bit. They did their film work, and then they said, listen, it's not impossible to play to get in the playoff. We don't want to be standing here not 
having prepared to be in the playoff. So let's get back on the field and practice like we're going to play Georgia and and go from there. And I thought that was the, really the only course of action, but still a, a smart one. And I so Stephen, for a lot of this, I think is it's how far they would be coming from how low they got. And I think as we try to make a picture for this game and the story of what may be to come, depending how this season ends, that to me is the differentiator here, is how low they were, and within a week, they're back in it. Because I don't, that is a rare low for this program to take that. We 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 were certainly very aware of how the fans took it because we were texting with them and we were getting feedback from them as we did this podcast. And, and we have a great focus group here that we get a sense what fans think. And they were low, Stephen. And we, we have, Brian Day very much conveyed how low that was. That is quite a place to come from. That is quite a place to come from that I think is sort of new territory. Yeah, it's, I don't know if we've seen that before. And we're, there's only one more opportunity where we're going to see it to this level again, and that's next season. But whether, it was, especially right after the game, you're looking at Day up there talking, and it's like you can see all over his face, we did everything we were supposed to do, and it didn't work. So now what? Like, how do we even? This was this was not the result we were all thought we thought was going to happen. One, it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to lose like that, where all the problems that you thought you fixed showed right back up in this game. And so all of this, it can almost feel like everything you've done for the past year was for nothing because it didn't pay off. And so there was probably an element of at some point you've got to kind of fight through it and keep working because anything can happen kind of a get ready, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready mentality, which you hear in sports a lot, but I would assume that it wasn't very talkative around the Woody guys just kind of went about their business and they went home and there was a somber mood. And then all of a sudden USC loses in the PAC 12 championship. And you're starting to see guys, guys tweeting again and active on social media. It's like, wait a minute, there's life. There's a little bit of life here. There's a little bit of life here. There's a little bit of life here. And then TCU thing, it's like, it's, oh, there's real life here that for the first, from Sunday to Thursday, there probably wasn't a bunch of life around that building. There was probably a lot of somberness. And if you're CJ Stroud, acceptance of this is how they're going to view me for the rest of my life, because this is what I did as an Ohio State football player. Well, now a lot of that can change simply because they got an opportunity that they didn't think they were going to have, and maybe they didn't even think they deserved, but they got it anyway. So there was, a, again, we're, we're, we're trying to glean from Ryan Day what, what the mood was like, what, where this team was. The football, Nathan, again, there's one thing to talk to a coach immediately after the game, minutes after a loss, and there's another thing to talk to him after he's looked at film and dissected it. Clearly, big plays on defense, execution on offense, plays you wish you had back, right? Third down, red zone, like, again, key moments on offense where they didn't do what they needed to do. So I do think there's football things. Let let me ask this. From a football perspective, Nathan, clearly, right? I mean, there's things they got to get better at, obviously, obviously. There's things they, 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 they have time to fix, but that do need to be fixed. But even the committee chairperson, Boo Corrigan, in talking about this on Sunday, again, made the point of like, this was a game at the start of the fourth quarter. This was not a, a where Ohio State got blown off the field from the jump. 
right? And like the committee saw it that way. And even I think sometimes on ESPN or when people were talking about it, they'd use the word blowout or whatever. And it's like, listen, all I know is the 13 people who were evaluating Ohio State did not view it as such. They viewed it as a competitive game for three quarters that got away from Ohio State in the end. Now, you know, how they view it in the building. Ryan Day said one of the worst parts about the Michigan loss was giving up those two big touchdown runs at the end. And and he said, like, that's the thing I hated the most. Almost, and Because I think what it is is it almost makes you look like – he didn't say this, but – you, it almost makes it you look like you gave up or you didn't you didn't have you didn't suck it up in the moment and you know it's probably more about like a guy didn't fit a run gap the right way kind of thing I don't think it was they gave up but anyway it was like the feeling it left you with I think it was compounded we got the yep. idea from Ryan Day that it was compounded by the way Michigan stuck it to him on the ground with those two big runs at the end but the football Nathan the football part of it be, before we get to the other thing I want to talk about how fixable does it feel to you? over what they can do over the next, whatever, 27 days to say, this is what went wrong in the Michigan game, and we don't want that to go wrong in the Georgia game. I think most of it is completely fixable. I think it's all matchup dependent in a lot of ways. I think some of the things that happened in the Michigan game were matchup dependent, some things that they thought were going to work specifically for that. A game plan was going to specifically work specifically for that. Uh, Michigan had just come prepared to exploit that and give them some credit for that. Uh, but I also think that the other reason I think it's fixable is that was a banged up team that we saw that day. Not that Michigan wasn't also. Michigan absolutely was. Michigan didn't play with Blake Corn, missed some other people that were important. Like, So that can't be a full excuse. But Ohio State being able to get healthy over the next month gives them a much better chance to win that game against Georgia. So then, so there's the football. And then there's the second part of it, which is everything else. And my instant reaction after the game when I wrote was, was this maybe more internal than external? As much as you can't give up the big plays, was there something here? Did they lose the intangibles battle? And Ryan Day used the word loose. I thought in a way, he he was talking about you need to play loose. And this is a part of a quote. Um, When it all gets taken away from you, you kind of sit there and realize that you're going to have one shot to go play Georgia, whatever team you play, and that we've just got to let it all out and let it go and have no fear of failure. I'm going to play as hard as we possibly can and be aggressive, but that's the way we've done it here, right? He's saying like, hey, we want to have no fear of failure. We want to go, let it go. We want to be, and then he was saying like, well, that's how we approach it. But I definitely, Nathan, thought he was implying I don't know that he ever said we were tight against Michigan, but he said, like, we want to play loose in the next game, which I kept reading as maybe you didn't play loose in the last game. Is that how you read that, Nathan? 100%. I mean, he was saying this as of uh, Saturday morning when the the Utah USC result had happened and you had him on game day on Saturday morning. That's when he first gave that quote about we're going to play loose and aggressive. And I can't remember the third word he used, but like it's, it's been a, that was already much, very much on his lips before they were even in the playoff. And I don't know how you could read it any other way. And sometimes when he says we, he means you as in this, you that I'm not naming, by name on my staff or on my team (laughs) that I'm not going to throw you under the bus, but we have to do better at this thing that I'm not actually doing. But sometimes when he says we, he means him. And I think this might've been a case where at least partially he meant himself. Like there were, you you can look at the play calling. You can look at just decisions that were made in that game. And I would imagine if he 
when, when he did his soul searching about this game, that maybe he felt some of that himself. Even if it wasn't like, even if it didn't come in directly on, you know, what plays he called, you know, a team can feed off of the vibe of the leadership a little bit. And if he felt that way about himself or if uh, the other coaches in leadership on this team, uh, there were examples of that. I think that's going to trickle down a little bit. So I don't know why it took a loss for that light bulb to go off because this program and this team has been in some big games before and either had the negative result that should have maybe been the first correction or had the positive result that they could have carried forward. But if a, if a light bulb went off because of what happened on, on Saturday, it just, it sounds like he is touting a different mindset. Like this next month is going to be a different mindset than what Michigan week was. So I do think that is a specific application to the game. And to me, it is a specific application of the Ohio State-Michigan game in a year when Ohio State is coming off a loss and feels like, okay, we have to go make up for this loss. Nobody liked this. Here we go. This is what we do. And that, Stephen, that is a specific circumstance. Ohio State off a loss against its rival. At home, here we go. Okay. So that might apply next year in late November when they go to Ann Arbor to try to avoid a three-game losing streak. But Stephen, is it, it, would we view this as, okay, well, if you felt you were tight in that game, and again, we are putting words in his mouth slightly, but if you want to be loose in this game, does it make sense? It's like, yeah, no, they should be much looser just because like they're not playing Michigan, like first of all, and then other things too. But the main thing is it's not a rivalry game. So of course it's different. Yes and no, I think that might be be too simplification too much of a simplification of what that is i think whether it's a rivalry game or a college football game i'm they're not the same as far as like how fans view them but the concept of it's a big game i think is what makes it the same and that because he used the word big game for who just yeah this is a big game now there's the, the difference is there's culture stuff involved with rivalry games, but the point is it's a big game that means something where some things are on the line here. And he kept using that concept of big game when he was talking about certain things. I think there was a part of him who felt like he overthought a big game, and now some of this is circumstance. They backdoored into this thing, and they probably shouldn't be here. And a lot of the pressure is on Georgia, Georgia to perform in their backyard. But take some of the pressure off yourself, and don't overthink it. And just go out there and whether it's as a play caller, call a good game, or if you're a player, play a good game and on down the list here. Don't overthink it. I think it's Michigan specific. Like, I know he says big game. I think the tightness versus looteness, looseness conversation. I don't know that we have, I'm trying to think like when, when, when we would have seen like Ohio State be tight in a big game that's not the rivalry game, right? That's not the Michigan. Bama. Because in 2020. Yeah, now some of that, now I understand some of that caveat is you were missing some key guys because of COVID, but I mean, the offense didn't play well in that game either. Yeah, but didn't they just get rolled by a better team to Cal a large was degree? Way too? better than them, too. Like, I don't, when I, when you think of that game, I don't think that's like, that's why that score happened, right? That, oh, what happened in that game? It, it's like, oh, man, Ohio State. Was I, really I don't. I also I I think yes Alabama was the better team but also I don't think Ohio State helped this case like it's a, to best put itself in a position given what the circumstances were to win that game I th- I think we give I think we let the offense off the hook a little too much for what happened that day okay I think it's the Michigan game I think it's I mean if, if we're gonna I mean I'm gonna continue to say like it's just they you want 
you want to win big games, you need to win the Michigan game in a way that I think everybody feels that. And I don't think in the end, Ohio State, with all of that, that pressure cooker as it specifically relates to the game, I think they did not play their best game in part because of that, because of living with that for 365 days, the intangible of that. I'm not saying that's like why they missed a tackle or why they blew a coverage or why Ryan Day called this play instead of that play or why, you know, they didn't execute on a third down. But I I think it was a component of them not playing at their best. So, but so, so that's one part of it, Nathan. That's one part of it. It's not the rivalry game. The other part of it is they were dead and they're alive. And that part of it is because we have a conversation that I want to have to compare this to the 2014 Alabama game. We're going to do that after the break. But but first, Nathan, they were dead and now they're alive. Like this is like it's literally a second chance that you never thought you were going to get. I the way again, the way Ryan Day talked about it, that seemed to be a very big thing which again is different than almost any other circumstance of you thought your season was over, your goals were gone, and now that goal is back alive. That that seemed very in play for the way he thinks his team is going to approach this. Well, so just to chime in on the, the conversation you guys are having real quick, I mean, that pressure, the lid is probably off that pressure cooker now, forever, in the game especially if they go out and win a national championship here. I'm not saying that the game isn't important, but like that's going to change, I think, the way that they approach that game in the future. I know it already is going to happen because of – it just is. It just is. They didn't have to win that game to win a national championship. They're in the playoffs. No, but but, but, but here, I, I really I – really, and we can have this conversation all offseason. It really, to me, is two separate paths that that converge and diverge at times, right? Sometimes – you're walking in the two separate paths and then, hey, like there's a part in the forest where the two paths become one, but then they split apart again. They don't want to beat Michigan because they have to beat Michigan to win the national title. They want to beat Michigan because it is their lifeblood and it is the thing that that this fan base cares about more than anything else. So I don't think that the pressure to beat Michigan in in the on the rivalry path – will be well if it's lessened i think it's minimally lessened but the fact that losing the rivalry game might ruin the rest of your season will be forever changed it right. goes from 100 to 0 Ugh. so i think one path goes from 100 to 0 i think the other path goes from like 100 to 90 the logistics uh, change it, yeah, the logistics of it changed because it used to be we want to beat Michigan, we want to win the Big Ten championship, you want to win the national championship, and you can't do those two other things unless you do that first thing first. That's not going to be true anymore. But I agree with everything else that Doug is saying. The idea of losing to Michigan, ruining your season from a fan perspective, that's not going to change. All I'm saying is that Michigan wanted to beat Ohio State too, but I don't think they felt like they absolutely had to at all costs beat Ohio State. And I think it showed up in the way those teams played that day. And I think Ryan Day is saying that too. I don't agree. I don't know if I agree with that because even players and coaches were, I think, I don't remember if it was JJ McCarthy or not, but a lot of them were saying that what, that beating Ohio State last year was their Super Bowl. And yes, Georgia was just also that much better than them, but it was almost like a, some air got let out of that building after they beat Ohio State. And they've had to reprogram themselves to not think that this year. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. What, what, what the fans, 
Well, it's one of those things. It, it's 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 easier to like let it go and have less pressure when you win, right? I mean, the idea yeah. of like you lost, it's the most important thing. We have to win. Our fans think we have to win. We think we have to win. We have to win. Did we handle that the right way for 365 days? I don't know that that changes next year other than maybe they go into that game as the underdog. Maybe the expectations have flipped. But I think like needing to win that game because it is the game, I just I just don't know that that – like Nathan, if we asked our tech subscribers, and maybe we should ask them this, are you mad that Ohio State lost to Michigan because it potentially derailed their national championship hopes or because it's – you lost to Michigan. And you said, like, if you tried to get, like, a percentage, right? right? I think most people would be like, I just, I'm mad because they lost to Michigan because they lost to Michigan. Like, and that doesn't change because you're playing Michigan and you're losing to them and you're mad if they lose no matter what. But, yes, the other part of it completely flips when you can still reach your other goals while losing to Michigan. And I think they should be upset that they lost to Michigan under any circumstances, but I just think they're going to process that differently. And this year is going to be the experience of the the team. The team is going to process that whole experience differently. Yeah. As it, as it relates to preparing for the regular season game against Michigan and, and playing the game against Michigan. I think you, again, what Ryan day is saying right now is that what meant some of that manifested itself in that stadium on that day. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about, being too tight, not being loose enough, not being aggressive enough. And he's saying that the, uh, what I'm hearing from him is that the, the circumstances are what contributed to that. So I'm going to say the circumstances, the circumstances are that you're playing Michigan. Yes. But, but again, it's how you process that. It's how you treat that. It's how you think about that. Do you think about it as a, a, there's both positive and negative to when you focus on this one thing at the end of the year being everything in that way. And I think that they experienced some of that this year. Okay. Uh, we we can continue anyway, to have that. I mean, I, I do think it is a, but, but the idea of, from this standpoint, I was like, okay, now it's separated from the game. Right. right. For now, until you play Michigan, until I State Michigan meet the national championship game. And then I don't know what anyone's going to do. But for now, it's, you lost your last game of the regular season. You didn't play in your conference championship game. And now you're going to play the defending national champs. Like from, from that perspective, I don't even know what the question was, but that was the thing that we were talking about. What was I yeah. asking? What was the topic? Well, I, I don't know for sure either. <laughs> Buckeye talk. <laughs> Buckeye talk. <laughs> but, but one thing that, that has really struck me today, and it kind of, maybe this extends the conversation we we're just having, and people already don't like what I'm saying, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. As, just as it relates to the playoff, the most important thing that happened on Rivalry Weekend as it relates to Ohio State in the playoff, was Clemson losing by a point to South Carolina. Because if Clemson had won that game and then goes out and wins an ACC championship and it's a one-loss team with a conference championship, that's that's the kind of thing. That's one of the – those sorts of scenarios are why Ohio State thought that this loss had really potentially knocked it off course. It had – it didn't control its destiny anymore. And while not controlling its destiny, things really started to go in its favor. The Friday night – Utah winning, beating USC. The, the TCU thing, which didn't end up mattering, but could have. If, if TCU had only lost, I don't know what would have gone on. If Utah, if USC had won and TCU had lost, there would have been more debate about that. And even Michigan beating Purdue, and I know that was also kind of like the Ohio State game, closer than the final score would indicate, but it ended up being comfortable enough, and it kind of emphasized maybe to the committee that Michigan really was that good and helps explain the why the Ohio State score went the way it did. But if Clemson had been a one-loss conference champion out there, its only loss being um, uh, in the Notre Dame game, 
then I don't know. I think then you've got there would have been a debate, even though Ohio State had the win, had to head win over Notre Dame. So this is similar to 2007 when Ohio State loses to Illinois in the second to last game of the regular season. They go beat Michigan in Ann Arbor in the, their last game of the regular season, but that was back in a time when when the Big Ten finished earlier than everybody else. And the Ohio State players were climbing into the stands at Michigan Stadium with roses in their mouths because they were going to the Rose Bowl and that was a great thing and that was it. And then these things had to happen, including West Virginia losing and a bunch of other things happening. These things, I think Kansas was in there. I mean, it was all these very specific things had to go boom, 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 boom. All happened for Ohio State to get in the playoff. And then they got in. And like they they came off the field in victory, thinking like, well, nope, that's it. We're not in. And that was like a very like kind of like famous thing for Ohio State fans because you could sort of watch it all play out. The things that had to happen here for Ohio State to get in this time, you kind of they were playing out before you knew they were playing out because Ohio State didn't necessarily realize they needed the help, or like that then once they needed the help, it was happening simultaneously. But the idea that Tennessee lost to South Carolina the week before the Ohio State-Michigan game was huge. Oh, yeah. um, LSU losing to Texas A&M in the last game of the regular season took LSU mm-hmm. as a playoff team off, off the table. The underrated thing that, that Pac-12 writers have been mentioning is that Washington lost to Arizona State earlier in the yeah. season. Arizona State is not good. Otherwise, Washington versus USC would have been a one-loss versus one-loss team in the Pac-12 championship game. Now you're guaranteed a one-loss Pac-12 champ, which would have been in ahead of Ohio State. That was huge. Then you throw in, and again, by the way, on the list of people, and and Ryan Day was asked, like, have you have you like sent Kyle Whittingham a thank you card yet? And he was like, not yet. Shane Beamer is actually more important to them than Kyle Whittingham. South Carolina knocked out Tennessee and Clemson the last two weeks of the season. Otherwise... If Tennessee and Clemson don't both lose to South Carolina with one loss, they're both ahead of Ohio State in the pecking order. And Spencer Rattler, (laughs) Spencer Rattler saves Ohio State like the list of things. There really are. Now, this is how it happens every season. But it got to the point here on Sunday where it's like, well, who else are you going to put in? Yeah. And it's like, well... You know, and 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 Shahan Jeharaja and I had a long conversation on the College Football Survivor Show. Like, was the Bama thing ever real? And we agreed, no. It was like a TV thing that Saban's going to politic for his team, and the ESPN's going to like, well, take free ratings or Fox or whoever aired it. It's like, hey, Nick Saban, you come bang the drum for your team. And it's like, yeah, we'll take the free ratings, but it was never a serious thing. So in the end, Stephen, it had to be Ohio State. But the thing that is different, the thing, and I guess the thing. The comparison here, and here's the thing, Stephen, and I will blow a hole in this. You're left for dead, and you're back to life. Ohio State in 2007 was left for dead. They come back to life, and then they go to the Sugar Bowl, and they lose to LSU. It's like, ah, second chance. It's like, well, this didn't work. He still like lost to a more talented. (laughs) Like, Ricky Jean Francois didn't care whether you came back from the dead or not. He was still going to like blow up the pocket every play, and Glenn Dorsey didn't you care, back <laughs> and Matt Flynn didn't care, and everybody else at LSU didn't. Yeah, it's a great story, everybody. And Les Miles was like, "Let's do this." That was back in the day. Like, talk about we haven't had a two-loss team make the four-team playoff yet. LSU was a two-loss team and a two-team playoff back then. That's yeah. how nuts yeah. that year got. So that is a circumstance, Stephen, of like an Ohio State team back from the dead. Um, but I do think that's that's different. Right, I think that that to me is what adds to this underdog thing, and we'll get to a direct underdog comparison in a second because we tried to do another texture survey. 
That's what's different. And I do think what is what is a big part of what's different is you lost to Michigan. 2002, Ohio State is an underdog to Miami. They weren't coming off a Michigan loss. Mm-hmm. 2014, Ohio State's an underdog to Alabama. They weren't coming off a Michigan loss. Because like even like even 2007, you lost to Illinois the week before, but you go into that national championship game against LSU. You're not coming off a Michigan loss. You're climbing in Where's the stands the with roses in your mouths. Because almost by definition, you couldn't be coming off a Michigan loss and play for a national title. How could that happen? But now it can. And I think, Stephen, that to me increases the underdog aspect for Ohio State because you hit bottom because of, regardless of the records, regardless of the other circumstances, you hit bottom by losing to your rival for the second consecutive year. And now you're back. That is new and different. For starters, I think Notre Dame getting the tack together and turning itself into a, a ranked team in the playoff also helped. Yep. Because they gave him a nod. Because I don't know. Let's, it, it, I don't know if this is flipped in Ohio and Michigan loses, if it's the same exact scenario, just given what Michigan's non-conference schedule was. They might have been a little bit more open with the Bama thing just because of that. But Possible. Just, but I'm just throwing that out there. But I do, I agree with you. Where's the juice this time? Because in 2014, when they backed their way in, they are coming off a 59 to nothing went over Wisconsin. So there was even juice there. And, and you also played Michigan well, but more importantly, you're coming off a 15 to nothing, like drumming of Wisconsin, the Big Ten championship. There's juice. There was juice in 2007. Even in 2016, when you go there and you get your butt whooped, there's some juice because you're coming off a win over Michigan and what that game was. There's always been juice. There's nothing for Ohio State to draw juice from right now other than practice because this is the first time that they're coming into a scenario like this where the last time they played football, they lost. Well, I also think, though, I think you can draw a little bit of juice here from the – like affirmation, like, listen, after that game, that Michigan game, you don't look like one of the four best teams in the country anymore. You got splattered at home a little bit, even, even though you know, talking about what the score was and this whole process now just kind of reminds you that like, no, like we looked at everybody. We looked over the course of a season. You guys are, you guys are legitimately one of the four best. You should go play for a national championship. I think that I, I know what you're saying. It didn't happen on the field, but I think that's where just internally you can get some of that juice back. I do think it is, it has to be internal juice. Because I do think one of the other things here, we were witness to this. We were providing therapy sessions for distraught Ohio State fans that I don't want to say, it's fair to say that some portion of Ohio State fans were upset with their own team, (laughs) right? I mean, is that a a fair way to say it? I don't want to say they turned on them, but they they were upset with their own team. And again, once we gave people... 24 hours to process it. The should Ryan Day be fired was 88 to 12 against, right? But that's still 12%. and wants to fire a guy who's lost five games in four years. But still, right? But people were very angsty. We did a whole thing about here's 15 things this program needs to change, right? From <laughs> adding new players to changing assistant coaches to internal things to tearing stuff off the wall, whatever. So we like that part of it, because like in, in 2002, my gosh, it's like you're the underdog Buckeyes, holy Buckeye. The Michigan game's close all year, and then you're going up against the mighty Miami monster. But everybody, like Ohio State, from top to bottom, they're undefeated the whole year. Everybody's united in, 
Nobody believes in Ohio State but us, right? 2007, right? People are upset you lost Illinois. That kind of came, that was a shock. Talking about Juice, Juice Williams, right? So you're surprised, surprised by that, but then you go beat, right? You go beat Michigan, and it's like, okay, well, let's go to the Rose Bowl. And then you get this second chance, and I do think like people round into form eventually and get excited about it. You know, Alabama, like it's you're fighting all year, and Ohio State fans are sort of mad at the process that you're going to lose to Michigan uh, to Virginia Tech in week two, and that's going to keep you out. What is this thing? Reese Davis called it an albatross around our necks. We're not shouldn't have an albatross. Oh my God, JT's hurt. Oh, Cardale's got to play. Holy moly! But it's united, right? So that's part of it. Like everybody, and this is like, uh, Ohio State lost to Michigan. I want to throw up. Here's the 10 things I think my program that I love is doing wrong. And that was the past week. And now it's like, here we go. So that's different. So I think this is different. And we'll make a direct comparison next on Buckeye Talk. All right, Doug Nathan and Steven back. Nathan, you've been making this pitch. I, like for a week, I was like, I'm not going to ask you for money. When you're sad, I'm not going to ask you for money when you're sad. But now... It's kind of interesting that a two-week free trial would get you some of what we're going to be writing about and talking to people about, right? You're going to get you some. You would have to pony up to get it all the way through to when we're in Atlanta. But you could also ask for it for Christmas. So give your pitch about why this might be a good time to be a tech subscriber. I think it's the perfect time. I think it's the perfect time because you get the two-week free trial. But as you said, you would need to pony up a full month in order to get yourself through the whole thing. But that's it's still like a perfect six-week experience. So you get the two-week free trial. And then if you think that it might – if you're on the fence even, it's $4. Like you just wrap it into your Christmas budget. You're spending too much money on Christmas as it is. We all do or whatever you celebrate. Maybe it's not Christmas. But whatever you're buying presents for, it's $4. It's a rounding error. Add those $4 in. And now that takes you through the national championship game, should Ohio State be playing in it. And if Ohio State's not playing in it, maybe we'll just maybe we'll text some snarky stuff about Michigan, like when I called JJ McCarthy Jethro Joaquin McCarthy this morning. Oh yeah, no, that was good. Um that would be a fun game. Like what do you think the JJ stands for? And then I know you gave him the real thing. So it's six one four three five oh three three one five for anybody who wants to try it. We don't feel bad about asking you for it now, because I don't know, you're probably excited. So be a tech subscriber. We're going to do polls. We're going to ask people for rants. We're going to do other kinds of surveys. We're, we're, we're going to involve you guys in what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be doing five or six podcasts a week from now until they take the field again. So the thing I try to, I don't know, it's like a weird, I don't know if people are just tired of me asking them questions and then we're not getting a lot of feedback. But a lot of times the initial feedback that you get mirrors what it's going to be long-term. So I had said something to the texters of the effect of this is the biggest underdog vibe I've ever gotten from Ohio State. And Steven, it's because the back from the dead thing, right? And then a texter pointed out like, well, about 14. What about the whole Bama mm-hmm. thing? So that Bama game, they were like a nine-point dog to Bama. They're a seven-point dog to Georgia as we speak. I asked the texters, like, what do you think is more underdog vibes? It's about 50-50, Steven. 2014 Bama as a four seed versus 2022 Georgia as a four seed. How would you compare the two things when it comes to Ohio State underdog vibes? 14 has to take the cake because they're playing with a third-string quarterback. There's no reason anybody on the planet should have thought that team was winning a national title. That is still the 
I cannot believe they won a national title of winning national titles. This team, it's hard because I think there are some people out there that feel like Georgia got janked a little bit because they probably should be. Just from an on-paper look-at-these-teams standpoint, TCU is probably the fourth-best team. So because of that, there are probably some Georgia fans who feel like they should be playing TCU instead of Ohio State, just based off what the talent level there is. They're underdogs because of the last thing we saw against Ohio State, and it's because it's in Georgia, an hour and 12 minutes away from Georgia's campus. That's why it's an underdog more than it is, because people don't believe this Ohio State football team is good. And 14, it's like, yeah, they got some dudes, but they're playing a third-string quarterback, man. But I don't who for a team who also lost to Virginia Tech earlier in the year. I don't think it, I don't think anything will ever be more underdogish than what that was in 2014. Nathan, obviously you weren't around in 2014, but you've heard the stories. You you saw it from afar. How would you compare that? Because I do think the the myth and, and listen, it's not a myth, right? Because I don't know. You call it a myth. It's like yeah, oh, like there's like some uh, you know whatever god up on a mountain, and it's like oh, is that a real thing? And then like you go up the mountain, and like the god throws you off the mountain, and you're dead. And it's like oh no, that's a I guess it's a myth, but it's real too. Like that, the myth of the SEC Bama at that point was like this mystical. Oh my god, they're going to play Bama. Oh, like that with a third string quarterback. Do you think that's greater than this, Nathan? It's well. Here's the thing. Yes, Alabama was already mythical back then. And by the way, they've won like 25 NCAA championships since then somehow. Um, so they've gotten even more mythical now. And But Ohio State could kind of counter with its own mythical force at that time, and that was Urban Meyer, who had already won two national championships. So you had a little bit of – your you could counterbalance that a little bit, that he was the kind of coach that you get into a playoff like that and – Maybe he could conjure something. Maybe he could make something happen that another coach couldn't do. And Ryan Day doesn't have that reputation yet. So this is his chance to kind of go build a reputation. You know, he's had to coach this team through difficult circumstances before, whether it was 2020 and whether it was the the setback of last year and having to try to regroup from that. And in this time, it's... I don't know. I'm just fascinated by this underdog situation because it 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 takes some of the pressure off and raises the possibilities a little bit of of what how this will be perceived in the long term. Back then, right, nobody picked Ohio State to beat Alabama, right? Nobody. That was like in the thing. It was like Austin Ward was the only person who picked Ohio State to beat Alabama. So, like, if that was like 50 to 1, like, hey, poll people, it's like, good for Austin. People are going to pick Ohio State to beat Georgia. There are pe- going to be people who pick that. Georgia will be, I think, picked more, but there will be people who try to analyze this and say, well, I think this with Georgia and Ohio State, their passing game, and like if their run game gets healthy and like, they shore up the big plays defensively and that kind of thing. You know, the other part of it too is, um, and it's hard, it's that the 14 team is really weird because in the moment, I mean, honestly, again, I mean, I was there for every step of it. You didn't exactly know. And cause they, it, they came to it late, but also I'm not sure. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is great, right? I'm not CJ Stroud's great. JT Tuimolo out could be great. I, I know, but see, I know I the point you're about to make. I, I don't think that's fair because so much of that is after the fact. No, it is after the fact. But after the fact, that team had Ezekiel Elliott, Joey yeah. Bosa, Michael Thomas, Von Bell, Darren Lee, Eli Apple, Adolphus Washington, Devin Smith. Like, 
it was like, oh, that underdog team of 20, 20 <laughs> picks yeah. in the first three rounds of the draft. Like, we didn't know it, right? Yeah. And so maybe this team also, right? Because that team then, after the 15 season, the 16 draft, they sent a record. They had 10 guys picked in the first three mm. rounds of the draft. And that was the, that team was. It was a heart of that team was that talent. So maybe this team has that talent too. But I do think, and, and the question is like, who had more underdog vibes in the moment? You can't go back and like say they weren't an underdog because they had yeah. Joey Bosa, who went on to be the third pick in the draft, and Ezekiel Elliott was the fourth pick in the draft. But I do like, as you kind of take the lens, it's like, yeah. yeah, that team was like super stacked. And by the way, Alabama's quarterback was a linebacker. And when you look back at mm-hmm. it, it's like, that's yeah, Blake Sims, man. What are you talking about? If we think Stetson Bennett, I don't even know what my Blake Sims impersonation would have been like. Blake Sims, what? We didn't even have a podcast back then. We started it in 2015. So I do think, so I do think, um, I think the mountain, the opponent mountain was higher in 2014. Yes. But I think the pit that Ohio State is in was deeper this year. So then it's you get out a measuring tape, just like you like a, you would like a measuring, you know, like a, you know, maybe a yardstick. That's how they measure Mount Everest, right? A yardstick. Just like, oh my God, this yardstick. Sure. I can't believe I had to do this 114,000 times. Like the yardstick, I don't know what would be the longer climb, Stephen, but I would not dispute that Bama felt more mythical than Georgia does right now. But again, Ohio State, because here's the other thing too. When, when JT goes down in the Michigan mm-hmm. game, it's like, oh my God. And that week of prep, it was like, I didn't think Cardale could mm-hmm. do it. I didn't think Cardale could do it. And I was talking to a lot of people like, I don't know if Card- I don't know if Cardale can do it. And I then the program thought Cardale could do it. <laughs> and then he did it. And then he did it. And now, you know, Devin Smith being a high jumper helped you do it. But then they did it. And then after 59 nothing, even though nobody picked him, nobody picked him. But it was like, oh, well. At least I think that team was on the upswing, right? You think about the last team, the two teams, the last game the two Ohio State teams played. One was a 59-0 win in a conference title game. The other was a loss at home to Michigan, Stephen. So I think the pit, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe in the end, the climb is the same length, but I'm taking the pit into account. I can agree with that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying – because you are correct. I underplayed when I sent the text out. I underplayed. People are like, "Wait, Doug, yeah, like you were here for the Bama thing, right?" I was like, "No, you're right. Yeah. I was. I kind of forgot that." I, yeah, I agree with part of that. April tells you how good a college football team is a lot of the times, and so everybody got to find that out a year later in the in the twenty six uh, twenty sixteen NFL draft. If I'm stating that correctly. Yes, just how good that. Pick, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's when you found out how good that fourteen team actually was. But and we'll probably do the same thing here where. In the next three years, as guys get drafted, we're going to look back and go, how in God's name did this much talent lose to Michigan? Well, X and X and X and X and X. But I do, I agree with you that this team has to deal with a pit because they've got a mental hurdle that they've got to overclimb right now. While yes. that the, four to, the 14 team is just like, oh, you don't believe us? We'll show you because there's no reason you shouldn't believe in us. Look what we just did to Wisconsin. This team, oh, you don't believe in us? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, we kind of didn't believe in ourselves either. And we've had to spend the week kind of getting our own confidence back yet. So we can't, we can't, this team can't expect the world to believe in them when they just had to spend the week regaining that own confidence in themselves. So that, if, if that's the, if you're going to, if you're building that into it, that probably makes the pit a little deeper than the climb. 
I do think it's funny that now we're making this comparison with 2014 because 2014 was a comparison we were making with this team in the summer. Like we thought that maybe if this team did this thing this year, it was going to be because it got there a year early. That it wasn't 2023. It was this year was going to be the year where they could put it all together and make a national being like this surge to being the best team in the country and just stepping up and taking it. So it's funny that it's come full circle to be like uh, that this that this is the comparison to make now that not that they were just the right team like surging in. It's more like they're um, th- that, that they could have this sneak up on people in some ways kind of moment. All right. I did a survey. We're going to go through the answers to that survey and we'll do it next on Buckeye Talk. All right, Doug Nathan and Stephen Back. Listen, we do football on this podcast, and we do emotions, and we're gonna do the football. But this has been a lot of emotions, so we're gonna run through. One of the things I wanted to do is I did a survey a couple days ago, like how people felt in that moment about the prospect of Ohio State making the playoff. And now that Ohio State made the playoff, I asked some of the same questions, and I wanted to see if the answers changed at all. And then I asked some different questions as well. Nathan, I, right off the bat, right off the bat, I was somewhat moderately shocked by the answer to this. So I'll have you guys guess. How are you feeling about Ohio State football right now? Pure emotion. No football. Nathan, the choices I gave them were fantastic, great, good, and okay, what do you think won, Nathan, for how people are feeling about Ohio State football, whatever that means to you? It is a guttural, in-your-gut emotional reaction. It was the first question in the survey. I think it's got to be at least good, if not great. You're in the playoff. The, the, the most, like, all right, again, setting aside what it means to lose to Michigan ever, as we said, like the the it was compounded by the fact that it had like jettisoned you out of the top tier of college football. Like if you two years in a row don't make the playoff, you start to talk about like are you on a lower rung? And Georgia's clearly passed you up, and now Michigan has passed you up. What if Michigan goes win a national title and you're not even in the playoff? Like, are you kidding me? Like it, that was a part of I think what was playing into as much as people hated the Michigan loss in and of itself. These were like compounding factors. And now you've taken that away. Now it's all back on the table. You can still go out and prove that you belong in that conversation still at the top of the sport. Steven, what do you think won? Fantastic, great, good, or okay? I think good won. And I don't really have a good explanation for why I think that. I just think every – this is weird. It's, it's just weird because you're not really sure how to feel right now. Because Nathan's right. you got a chance to compete for a national championship here. But – Six days ago, 12% of the th- voters were saying, fire Ryan Day. And that was a, and outside of our texters, that was a very loud conglomerate, even if it was a small amount of people. So it's very weird to flip from that to, oh, we're in the playoff and we're pretty dangerous. You know, it's just, it's, it's a weird range of emotions to go through. It really is, but I really sort of expected it to be, we're in the playoff. Like we're in the playoff. Like what? Like it, like I'll get to the Michigan stuff later, right? With my own personal emotions and what I think. Yeah. But like I'm like just let it let it all hang out, right? The that's not it. Good one, thirty eight percent. Great thirty four percent. Fantastic fourteen percent. 
okay 14%. So when you combine the worst two with the best two, it's the worst two, 52%, the best two, 48%. And I was surprised by that. I, I would recommend pounding that great or fantastic button a little harder next time the survey comes Hold through. On. Like, I, live in the moment, man. Like, I don't, like, I'm surprised, think- Stephen, that they didn't just say, let's go. Nah, I think we're too close to it. I, I actually think you should do this exact same survey two weeks from now. When, because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like people have had a chance to come up for air. This all happened so fast that maybe none of it has hit you yet. You hear athletes say that or not when they have a really good game. It's like, I don't know. It hasn't really hit me yet because I'm still on a high. I'm still on adrenaline. Well, you're still on whatever coming off of what these la- this last seven days has been like where you haven't felt like you've had a moment to come up for air and really take in what's happening right now. And so that's probably why you got these answers. I think it will flip in two weeks from now when it does feel like you're more in a Georgia's less than two weeks away. Here comes a chance to compete for a national title. I think the answers will be a lot different than they are right now where, like I said, eight days ago, everyone's like, what just happened? How did this happen again? Are we really falling off this badly? So I do think, Nathan, I, I understand that. I think that's a, a good take. Of, like, it takes time to process it. But I thought maybe people would like not process it and go the other way. I'm like, I'm not going to process it. I'm just going to be excited, right? And I'm going to let my excitement take over in the moment on the day of the announcement. And then as I think about, well, you know, they still got to play Michigan. They might have to play Michigan again right now. And if not, they'll have to play Michigan next year. Let that reality sink in. I'm a, I'm a little, and maybe, Nathan, this is to me different. And it's still pretty split. And again, it's not like okay one, but okay. I didn't put bad in there, but like okay is like, I don't know about my team. That's what okay is to me. I don't know about these guys. Versus fantastic is we're one of four teams in the playoff. We have a shot. I'm surprised fantastic and okay on the day of making the playoff are even. And then I'm surprised that good is ahead of great. So I, I like to me, this is a difference between the building. And the fans, because I think in the building, I don't know. We maybe that's why my perception changed. I think in the building, it's fantastic. Let's go, right? Because like they know the other stuff is there. They know it. They're not going to pretend the Michigan loss didn't happen. But this is this is what's in front of us now. Let's go, and that the that the fans are are less so. This is what's in front of the team. Let's go. I was a little surprised by. It. Well, listen, also, though, all the framing that's happening today still reminds you Michigan's here and you're here. Georgia's up here and you're here. Georgia that won the national championship last year. They are the number one. That's why you have to go play them in their backyard. Like There are still reminders here of Ohio State kind of being put in its place the way it was by Michigan a second year in a row. So I get why that is still lingering for some people. And Ohio State is still now clearly – the team chasing things. It's got to go chase Michigan and try to prove that it's the best team in the Big Ten again. It has to, to some extent, you know, get on the field and show its stuff against Georgia that even if it can't win, it belongs in the same sentence as Georgia. Like, it's things are shifting a little bit here as far as where Ohio Ohio State might fit into the upper tier of college football. And that's probably unsettling for people that uh, when every team has flaws, we knew going into the season, there was going to be some flaw for Ohio state. It wasn't going to be a thousand percent perfect, 
I think a lot of the season you operate under the concept, if you're just a fan of this team, that, yeah, we have some flaws that have to get worked out, but we have so many of these other good things that that's always going to overcome them. And now you're suddenly, the flaws have really come to the forefront and you have one month to go fix, to go make the things that aren't flawed even better to more overcome those flaws. It's that's an uneasy place to be. And I understand why there some portion of the fan base is still a little bit shaken by that loss. So let me ask this. I'm not, I'm not trying to start a fight because I do think this is an off season podcast as well, but I just want to, I want to ask you about a thing you just said that I think was interesting. Who is the top tier of college football right now? Alabama, Georgia. Who's, who's not in the playoff, Alabama. Who's not in the playoff. Right. Right. I think, Mm. I, I don't. And, I think it's a open season. I mean, for the top spot right now. So my I point is this, and we've talked about this before. We always Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson were the class of college football, and Ohio State was right there, right? The first seven years of the playoff, it's it's Alabama and Clemson are each in six times, Ohio State and Oklahoma are each in four times, right? That that is this this thing now. So now. The two teams that Ohio State had been measured against on the national scene were Alabama and Clemson. Neither of them are in. Mm-hmm. Ohio State is in. Ohio State won. Ohio State won the traditional powers of the playoff era bracket for 2022. But now they're behind. They didn't win the Big Ten bracket. Mm-hmm. And they are behind the defending national champions. So I do think it is difficult when it's like, oh, you're not in the top tier, but it's like, well, but the tier changed. All those teams fell out of a tier. That's, now these other teams came up a tier, but like, well, so you're being comp- like, that's just that they're better than Bama this year. Usually what we say is, does that beat Bama? I'm not saying that it's like, I, I'm saying we talk about tiers a lot. I, I, I don't think Bama is like out of the top tier just because they didn't make the playoff this year. But I do think, you want to somehow take into account larger context, which is there is a team. Ohio there. State is Ohio State's right in the thick of it still. Mm-hmm. While some other teams fell out, some other teams rose up, but they're still in the thick of it, and that's not nothing. I don't think it, we. You just said it. It's always been a well. Does that beat Bama? I don't think that's. It's just now a simple. Does that win a national championship? Because there's enough teams that you can put on that underline now whether it's georgia whether it's michigan whether it's alabama we'll see how if usc continues to progress in the right direction as lincoln riley gets a lot more of his guys in there we'll see Uh, this might be a blip for clemson because dj you just like wasn't the guy clay club might be the guy so maybe they rise back up but the 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 net of teams who have a legitimate case for that top spot has widened and so this is no longer just a we're all chasing Bama. It's now four or five teams chasing the same thing. And it's, we'll see over the next decade who ends up with more of that thing. Right now, Georgia's in the lead because they just won the national title. And Michigan has been the back-to-back playoff experiences. But we'll see. Let's see. a, a decade. The, the 2010s were clearly the, the Bama-Clemson decade. We're going to see who the 2020s belong to. But it's more than just two teams who are in that conversation going forward. And that's, some of that is because we're having an expanded playoff. But some of that is also simply teams got better. This really is a whole podcast unto itself. But whether Ohio State had been four or five in that ranking today – 
changes this conversation. It changes some of the things that you're saying, Doug, as far as like who's in, who's out and what that means. And I think the point is, yes, the the it, the ground shifted a little bit as to who is in that top tier, but it's always shifting a little bit. And that was why Alabama and Clemson stayed at the in that top tier is because they kept winning national championships no matter who else was involved. So when everything shifted and Ohio State had an opportunity to move up, if they're Number five today, that's two years removed from taking advantage of that top tier dropping down and, and, and you not doing anything with it. Now that they're in the, you know, now that they're in at four, they still can salvage something here, either by getting to a national championship game or winning it and keeping changing that conversation. But this is this is like a two hour pod in. No, January. it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. it is. Um, OK, so this was one I asked basically like, how, what do you think of Ohio State's chances against Georgia? I asked it last week. When it was theoretical, it was like, hey, if they're going to get in, they're probably going to play Georgia. And then I asked it again today after they were paired against Georgia. And, you know, I, I gave like an option like Georgia big, Ohio State big, Georgia close, Ohio State close or a toss up. Lumping them together. Last week, 56% favored Georgia, 14% favored Ohio State, 30% were a toss up. OK, that was when it was theoretical. Nathan, now it's here. It went from 56% Georgia to 70% Georgia. And it went from 30% toss-up to 21% toss-up. And it went from 14% Ohio State to 8% Ohio State. So people were pretty, like, solidly believed in Ohio State more when it was theoretical as opposed to when it became real. Nathan, that also surprised me. Like, now that it's here, it's like, oh, it's here. Well, they're not going to be Georgia. What? I yeah. can't. I was surprised. Maybe it also there was some influence by Georgia being up like thirty-five to ten on a pretty good LSU team at halftime or something like that. Like LSU lost to Texas A&M. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I understand, but they also beat other good teams. Um, yeah, I can't really explain that. I can't. I can't explain that. Um, other than again, I think Steven said it best when like things are just weird right now. And you said it too. With like when when you lose when you but when you lose that game the way they did it it, it that game like it throws that throws off things more in some ways than like ah oh, we could have this debate too. But like you you lose just some random game. You lose that Iowa game and it just it, it doesn't hit the psyche the way it does obviously when you lose. No, for sure. So, but, but also it was we it was weird. I can't keep solid food down. I'm not sure that my life will ever be the same. And now it's weird. Huh, we made the playoff. Yes. And I can't yes. Be- but I and I can't believe that like their belief in the chance to beat Georgia well, went down 14%. I know it's weird, but it's happy weird instead of sad weird and the chances of beating Georgia went down 14%. Well, but now it's actually I think the other thing to remember is and maybe people weren't thinking ahead this way, but when you said it before, it was like, well, theoretically, Georgia, whatever. But now it's like, can you go be Georgia an hour and 12 minutes away from Athens? Yeah. And that might affect the way people look at this. I agree with that. Okay. But I mean, we knew also, it's like, I, I don't blame the textures. When I was sending the theoretical question, I'm not, they shouldn't have been looking up on Google Maps. Well, how far is Athens from Atlanta? Let me factor that into my answer. But we also knew it was going to be in Atlanta. Like, there was, you didn't think they were going to play Georgia in, in Phoenix, right? There's like a 2% chance of that. So, sure. anyway, it's, it's fine. I'm just surprised. I honestly, I'm not trying. I, I don't, I'm not here to yell at fans. I would just try to be excited. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't know. Maybe like, 
Like you can, you can, the thing that you are sad about, you can be sad about later. And like, maybe, maybe you're going to be sad about it like on January 9th or whatever, depending how things go. And if not, you can be worried about it next November. You can worry about it all off season. But like from now until the Georgia game, I would try, I would almost try to make yourself, Stephen, whatever mantra you would have to say to yourself when you wake up in the morning, ring, ring, ring. Is that, do people still have, do people have alarm clocks? People are like, what is ring, 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 Doug? I don't know. The song on your phone wakes you up. What do people wake up to? Someone should like clip that out and like just run it on a loop and that could just be their ringtone now. It's just you going ring, ring, ring. So like you hit, like you, you knock over your alarm clock, you knock it out of the phone. God, I love clock radio. No, 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 no. You can make specified ringtones for certain text messages. That should be everybody's text message ringtone when they get a text from us. Ring, oh, ring, that'd ring. that'd be good. I still am trying to get my phone to play the Doug, Doug, Dougie, Doug, Doug song from Hangover mm. as a ringtone for me. And I've had texters huh? actively try to help me do it, and like I still can't do it. That's all I want. I want to be in a Ryan Day news conference and have my phone on and have my wife call me and have my phone sing the Doug song. That's all I want in the world. And have Ryan Day kick me out. So I would try, I would try in the morning, wake up when you open your eyes, wake up and say, Ohio State is playing Georgia in the college football playoff. That is an exciting opportunity. And most of you people already don't want to say the word Michigan. Wipe it from your brain. There is time for Michigan. This is not it. This is not it. You thought. Listen, man, what were they going to go play Clemson in the mm. Orange Bowl? And you could have thought about Michigan. This is not time for Michigan. Now, if they both win and you're playing Michigan again, Stephen, you want them thinking about Michigan? You're like, I don't know. I don't know. Let, let, I would, I, as you prepare for Georgia, make sure you think about Donovan no, no, no. Edwards enough. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not going to go that far. But I do think there is a healthy medium with a team who has been known to put all of their energy into getting to an opponent in the past and then having to, hey, man, you conquered the dragon. Now how do you get back up for the next thing? Well, the dragon isn't first this time. In 2014, the dragon was Bama. That was first. And so then there were questions of how do you get yourself back from or- up for Oregon? Well, just, just, just better than Oregon. So that's just how that's going to go. Hey, you conquered Clemson. How do you get back up for Bama? Well, we saw how that went. This time, the dragon comes second. So it's almost like an extra. I'm not saying it should be front of the head or anything two like dragons. that. It's a two-headed dragon. Then. It's a two-headed, yeah. You better think. I also would recommend that you what think I of am, Georgia as a dragon, by the way. Yeah, I, I think yeah, the problem I know. here well, is if well, you're focused too much on the dragon, you're going to get eaten by right. this other, whatever I'm the, saying, the, the sea creature. I'm, say, <laughs> I'm saying let the northern the dragon. Let, oh, let, yeah, let the northern dragon. Yeah, let the northern dry. dragon be just like, it's a thing. It's there. You know the possibility of you might have to face this dragon, but you got to get through the southern dragon first. <laughs> How did thinking about Michigan serve them the last time they thought about Michigan? It did not serve them. I would not think about Michigan for one (laughs) second. Think about the defending national champs. Play the defending national champs in their home state, 70 miles from their campus. Think about that. And then 
let the next thing be the next thing. And maybe if you only think about Michigan for nine or 10 days instead of 365, maybe you won't be as tight. But don't worry about them. So, And I'm not addressing Ryan Day. I don't think Ryan Day listens. I'm not talking to Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm not talking to anybody in the program. But I am talking to the people. What is the point? This is, it is a second life. Think about this thing only, this thing only. Just don't, just don't say the word. Don't think the word, have a mantra. When you wake up in the morning, Ohio State is playing defending national champion Georgia in the college football playoff. That is a great opportunity. Bang, your feet hit the ground, your day starts. That's what I would do. Because to this point, Stephen, and again, I can't square this exactly. I asked people before, and now I ask them now, what do you think of the chances are? of Ohio State beating Michigan if they wind up facing Michigan in the playoff. Then they, well, then they said that the Ohio State version of like Ohio State wins close or Ohio State wins Michigan. I didn't give a toss up there. Michigan wins close or Michigan wins. Back then it was 80% Ohio State. I like Ohio State's chances, 20% Michigan back Mm -hmm. then. Now 86%. So, so there, the confidence against Georgia went down. The confidence against Michigan went up. Okay, I don't have an explanation. When Georgia is the team that's staring Ohio State in the face again, I am. But but meanwhile, the loss to Michigan is the thing yeah. that is eating people from the inside out. So I can't square it. Like I can't square that part of this at all. The only thing I want for Christmas is for this Ohio State Michigan national championship to happen because literally it's going to be it's going to be awesome like the, I hope people saw I texted about it like the press conference last night where the where Donovan Edwards and JJ oh. McCarthy were asked about whether how they felt about a possible rematch and JJ McCarthy started to answer and then the, the the moderator was like Donovan why you take that and JJ was like oh <laughs> Donovan, Edwards, Donovan Edwards gave like some like oh you know we'll play whoever we want and he could he had barely finished talking with JJ McCarthy's yep. like please please bring it on like it was beautiful it was exactly the yeah. kind of thing that every rivalry should have it's I just this thing is getting launched into another potentially really awesome area I think and and it can kind of only happen because Ohio State lost the way it did. But really fun stuff could be coming ahead just as a casual. I'm saying this is not an Ohio State fan. I understand that. But just for casual football fans, Big Ten football fans, whatever, I think there's something really awesome that could happen there. But, like, J.J. McCarthy is going to already, I, love I think, him. very high on the list. Like, he's not in Desmond Howard territory. But, man, he's, like, he's... number something with a bullet. Like he's And he's got another year at least to try to add to his villainy. I think Jim Harbaugh said he's got a lot of Jim Harbaugh in him. And I think he might be spot on. Jim Harbaugh guaranteed a win, and then he went and won the game. J.J. McCarthy has been talking trash about Ohio State ever since Ryan Day said, I pick you, Kyle McCord, and he hasn't let – I love J.J. McCarthy. The the world – college football needs more J.J. McCarthy's playing quarterback because you're right. Donovan Edwards gave the answer that the media training gave him to give in that situation, and J.J. McCarthy said, ah, forget that. We want him. We want him again. We want him again. That would be all. I, I love Jason McCarthy. I'm glad we get another year of him. I will not be here to cover J.J. McCarthy as the head coach of Michigan. You guys can handle that in 30 years. That will not be me. Uh, this one stayed basically the same. It's basically like, how do you view potentially the opportunity um, to play Michigan again, potentially in the playoff? No, no, no. 
that wasn't it. It was like the idea of making the playoff. What does it do to the Michigan loss? That was the question. And the middle answer was like, it's an opportunity. You know, I'm not going to forget the Michigan loss, but this is a great opportunity. That stayed basically the same. It was 74% then. It was 77% now. It'll wipe the Michigan loss away for the most part. Not entirely, but mostly wipe the Michigan loss away. Getting in the playoff and having this opportunity was 13% then, 13% now. Wipe it. I can't get over the Michigan loss was 13% then, 10% now. So at least 3% of those people were like, all right, I thought I couldn't get over it, but now they're in, and I'm actually kind of getting over it a little bit. I, like, I, I'm at least like back to the opportunity thing. Maybe it didn't wipe it, but I, I feel better about it. So at least I thought that was good. Um, a couple other survey things. How would you describe Ohio State's chances of winning the national title, Nathan? These were the options I gave. They're going to win the natty is the most confident. I really like their chances is the next most confident. They are as likely to win it as any team in the field, meaning like, hey, it's four teams. It's a toss-up. Who knows? They'll take their shot. They're underdogs, but they have a chance, right? That's the, the second least confident. And the least confident, Nathan, is not great, but at least they're in. Like, ah, they're not going to win it, but at least they made it, right? What do you think won, right? Most confident, well, second most confident, in the middle, second least confident, or least confident. I mean, middle usually wins these. That would be my guess. And, but I, I would guess that second most confident would be ahead of second least confident. Steven, what do you think? Mm, yeah, I would say the underdog, like second least most confident. No, no. Second, the, people are not. <laughs> This, uh, this, these yeah, survey answers I, make no sense. They, they're they weird. They're weird, just like this situation. So the one in the middle was 28%, but 50% of the people said underdogs but a chance. That's the second least confident answer, mm. got 50%. And when you break down the two most confident versus the two least confident, the two most confident got 8%, and the two least confident got 64%. So that is that is stark. This is not like, hey, puncher's chance, let's go. Like this is, uh, in the end, the thing that I am taking away from this, guys, is that people are not as excited or confident as I kind of thought they would be, Nathan. And I, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't. What do you think that's about, Nathan? Do you agree with that assessment? Hearing these answers, would you oh. would you agree with the idea of our texters are maybe a little less excited slash confident slash upbeat about making the playoff than maybe you would have expected, or or is this about what you expected? Oh, I wouldn't base not the question you're asking there isn't necessarily how excited you are about anything. I think that may just be a very pragmatic answer that you have to go essentially on the road almost and play Georgia, and then you would maybe have to go beat a team that just beat you by twenty three in your own house, twenty two. So it may just be a pragmatic answer, like, hey, that seems like a tough back-to-back to try to pull off to win a national championship. And that could be where some of that pessimism is. But I think, this, as this whole conversation, as we've said, I think, I think the enthusiasm is going to grow over the next month. As it gets closer to this thing, you're still watching your team play in the semifinals of the, the playoff with a chance to win a national championship, a chance to knock off the defending national champion who's undefeated right now. You can be the black mark on their season. Like, there's a lot there for Ohio State to achieve. And as we get closer to that date, I think people are going to recognize that, that they're in a very special class 
of people who can do something that, and, and can be fans of a team that does something that most teams aren't getting even a whiff of an opportunity to do. This, to me, is one of the great rewards of getting in. And that's why I always say, I think, like, making the Super Bowl, I get it. You want to win a Super Bowl. But I think making the Super Bowl is such a big deal because you are in the spotlight. And everybody is talking about your team for the buildup. The buildup is part of the reward. You get 27 days where four teams matter. Damn, it doesn't matter. DJ Uyungle is already transferring from Clemson. They don't matter. Nick Saban's trying to figure out if Will Anderson and Bryce Young are going to opt out of the bowl game or not. Tennessee's playing Clemson. I mean, Hendon Hooker's out for the year. He doesn't really matter. Like, Tennessee doesn't matter. USC, I don't even know who USC's playing. They don't matter. Four teams matter for four weeks, and your team's one of them. This, I I think this, I, I'm very much, again, I don't know. Like, when the if and when the Browns ever make a Super Bowl, right, I think making the Super Bowl is such the thing because you can't, you don't, they've never had that opportunity to be the team that people are talking about and focusing on. And then you get there, you take your shot. It's two good teams. I don't know, right? The Bengals, right? I don't think Bengals fans, the Bengals didn't win the Super Bowl last year, but the Bengals, that imbued the franchise with something new the and Ryan. special the because Ryan. people changed how you looked at them. Bama and Clemson don't matter right now for four weeks nobody cares nick saban went on tv over the weekend and people laughed at him why because his case for his team getting in an ohio ahead of ohio state stephen was laughable yeah now i get why saban did it and i think any good coach should do that i don't hold that against him but who would have thought you- that's the program in that situation and your program is not in that when Ryan Day was on college game day, the very next mo- uh, earlier that day, making his case, no one was laughing. No one was laughing. We that's it's everyone's oh, so they did the same thing, but there was merit behind it well, because it yes. could actually lead to something. I agree with you, I, and I do think we'll get, I think Nathan is right. We keep it. We'll get there as we get closer to it. And we, especially since we're back into a normal world, because even last year, a lot of that stuff was Zoom. When Nathan and I covered the national championship game, all of that was on Zoom and whatnot. We're getting back to what a normal playoff setting is like the week lead up and all the extra pageantry stuff, all the extra stuff that gets to go on to it. We're getting back to that now. So I do think right now there is just a lot of like, you're not sure how to feel, but as we get closer to it, as we start to get over these next four weeks, I would assume, like I said, I think you should do this exact survey two weeks from now. And I think these answers will look a lot differently because now you're in it. It's like, okay, we're leading up to it because our team is in the playoff. While these other teams that you just mentioned, Clemson and Bama, the other two teams that Ohio State has been chasing for the past five, six, seven, you're, they're, they're at home. They're, they're playing. Clemson's not even, I don't even think Clemson's in the Orange Bowl, so they're in a New Year Six game. I don't even know if Alabama's playing in a New Year Six Bowl. They don't matter. And so I do think I think we should just give the fans and some texters some time to come to that realization that us three on this pod have clearly already come to the realization of, and everybody in that program has, is that we're in the thing that matters still, regardless of what happened over the past ten days. 
And I actually think those interviews were very different because Saban had to go on there and say all these ridiculous things about, well, we lost to a top five and a top 10, even if those teams are not ranked there anymore. And where would the what, Vegas, who would Vegas have favored when I don't think Vegas would have Alabama favored over Ohio state uh, anywhere, uh, maybe in Tuscaloosa, but not certainly on a neutral field. So like he was the one who had to go out there and make sales pitches. Ryan day was just kind of like talking about, how it felt to probably now be back in the playoff because the because the, the body of work was so much better and that's the, I, that's what this week has kind of been about is reminding you of how strong the body of work was for Ohio State even if the final piece was so flawed. Last two texter survey questions: Do you wish Ohio State was playing Michigan in a semifinal? Yes, I want it now. No, this way is better. Sixty percent. No, this way is better. Nathan, do you agree with that, that to to not have them play in the semis and the possibility of a national championship game looming out there is better, whatever better means? Or would you have been ready for like, let's do it. Michigan, Ohio State and Phoenix right now. Let's do it. I think I think I would have been I ready personally for that. like this much better. But I, I, I think this is better. I, I, think, I like this better. And I think even if you took the names off of it, you would say this is better in some ways because it's, you know, the, Michigan just beat Ohio State to make them turn around and have to beat them again to even get to a national championship game, I think is a little bit unfair. So take Michigan and Ohio State off of that and just have team A, team B. It'd be like if if Georgia, you know, Alabama beats Georgia last year in the SEC championship and then they have to play right again in the semifinals. Like that would have just, it wouldn't have seemed like just. So I mm-hmm. think this is the the better way to do it. Like you've, they've already had kind of one, it's like a double elimination tournament almost, but don't make them have to like prove it right away. Like make, make Ohio State, earn its way, and I mean, Michigan has to win too, but make Ohio State earn the right to have that rematch. I think that's fair. And then the other one, Stephen, is this. If Ohio State beats Georgia, who do you want them to play in the national title game, Michigan or TCU? There is a thing looming out here which we are not going to spend a lot of time on because there's no reason for Ohio State fans to think about Michigan too much right now. But certainly the idea of, Hey, oh, you got in the playoff. Oh, what happened? Oh, they lost to Michigan again. Mm-hmm. That could be that could be a little tough. Yeah. But I will say people aren't running from it, Stephen. Right now, 82% say Michigan, 18% say TCU. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> if the national championship game is Ohio State-Michigan, we will not lack for talking, writing, thinking about oh, it, texting. No. So, so we are not going to get ahead of ourselves. But what do you think, Stephen, of that idea? Because I could see some Ohio State fans being like, like I don't even want to risk that. I, th- what's the only thing that could be worse than losing to Michigan? Losing to Michigan twice in one year and the second one's in the national title game. I don't even want to think about it. Give me TCU. But 82%, Stephen, said, let's go. What do you think of that answer? Go hard or go home. You know, to know what makes that 2014 national championship so special? You had to go through Bama to get it. What makes that 2002 championship so special, other than the fact that it was the first one in decades and you were undefeated, you killed off a dynasty to do it. What made the 2020 run so special, you had to go through Clemson, who you thought you should have beat the year before to do it. Go hard or go home. What TCU may be on paper might be the easier game than win your cha- trophy, but you know what makes for a better story 30 years from now when we're all being asked to sit down and do a documentary or somebody writes a book? You lost to Michigan at home. You got embarrassed and you didn't think you were going to make the playoff. And then you went and knocked off the reigning national championships. And then you went and avenged that loss against Michigan. That's a better story. 
go hard or go home. Scared of money don't make no money. All those sayings I mean, that come out the book, man. Go listen. You want you you want easy route or you want legendary story? Because one of those things is going to give you a legendary story, and the other one's not. The idea of you Ohio State beats the defending national champ and then avenges a loss to Michigan in the national title game, Nathan, is it's as good as it gets. I'm telling you, it's all I want for Christmas. Just make that game happen. I think in some ways it would be it would be better if they were playing the semis. Just if you wanted, like take Michigan week and stretch it into Michigan month. That would have been. I don't know if anybody would have survived that. Actually, I think we. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't I I, for our own mental health, I don't think that well, would have been good. I think we need the break too, as 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 members of the media. Own, for my own mental health, I would have been sitting on a cloud at uh, Camelback in uh, Arizona. It wouldn't have been that bad. But uh, but no, I think all, all I, I, it just the the potential redemption arc that's ahead of this team. And I mean, listen, they could also get stomped by Georgia, but like the potential redemption arc that's out there for this team is is unique in Ohio State history, unique in college football history in some ways to to lose a game of that personal importance to an entire fan base, lose it the way you did, lose it in your backyard to be out of the playoff, to get nudged back in. And then if you were to go win two games, and win a national championship, I just it's people are gonna have to think about Ohio State football in a little bit of a different way, maybe to accept that. But I think at that point, it won't be that hard to accept. You'll still be national champions. So my advice is try to focus on what's ahead. I mean, this is the, now it's like pod speak is coach speak. It's like, just make the main thing, the main thing. And it's Ohio state's play in Georgia in four weeks. So focus on that. And I will end this podcast by quoting what I consider to be uh, almost a modern day Shakespeare. I try to live by these words um, at times, and they bring me comfort, and I hope they do for you as well. Let it go, let it go. Oh my God! Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. For Nathan Baird and Stephen Means. I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk.